It's all new. Game Boy Artwork. Get your mind back in the gutter. Time to get crude and rude, dude. Cause Shredder's Rnab, April O'Neil again in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, back from the sewers. Konami's new, bodacious, shell-bound shell shocker for Game Boy. Two Meg's memory puts major screenage in your face with bigger characters and cooler action. Six totally tasty levels plus five bonus pizza collecting stages. Attempt to release captured turtles in the most excellent rescue levels. Righteous reporter April is missing serious airtime, dude. So get slicing and maybe Shredder will choke and croak for good. Not. Konami. Yeah. Welcome, dear listener, to our podcast, Jeff and Rick present Unpacking the Power of Power Pack. Where we journey through each issue of the most underrated Marvel series of the 80s while drinking beer. Analyzing awesome and amazing adolescent adventures and absorbing alcohol. I am Jeff. And I am Rick. Gotta be cool, relax, and get hip. Get on my tracks, take a back seat, hitchhike, and take a long ride on my motorbike until I'm ready. Ready, Freddy. Random little thing, banter. <laughs> Random banter time, buddy. <laughs> Talk to me, tell me tall tales and tantalizing tidbits of trivia. What's up, bud? Well, that was just Queen, a crazy little thing called love. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice one, nice one, nice one. And we are talking about love. And that is the love that Julie has for a boy and the love that Jack has for a teacher. Yeah. 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 It's all about love. <laughs> it's all about love. Yeah. We got two little wacky, crazy stories that we're going to talk about tonight. And both of them can be found in the Power Pack Holiday Special that we started last episode. So, I mean, I'm just giving you a heads up about what's coming up. But we're not going to talk about that yet. We're going to talk about random banter. That's right. Random banter. Mm-hmm. So, I want to start off by saying a big thank you to Screw It. We're going to talk about comics. It's a little podcast. And they give us a very nice shout out about our interviews. Apparently, we do some nice little interviews. Which, spoiler, spoilers. We got some interviews coming up. I'm not going to tell you what they are yet until we get them absolutely totally confirmed. But I know I'm talking to two different people and they both said they would like to come on our show and do some interviews. So yay, Yay. more interviews are coming. Mm -hmm. So it should be fun. Yeah, we are not done yet. We got lots and lots of content still to come, even though we've kind of coming to the end of the actual original series. We have a lot more power pack we're going to talk about, so do not go away. Don't change that dial. You're going to have us for at least another year. Jeff, you looked very scared when I said that. Okay, well, anyways. It it, it surprises me that we're done, yet we're not done, yet because it's not done, because there's... Yeah, we're we're like finishing up the, you know, what would be the meat and the potatoes of Power Mm -hmm. Pack, and now we're going to be getting into, you know, fairly shortly we'll be getting into ancillary Power Pack stuff. We're going to be getting into adjacent Power Pack stuff. We're going to be getting into things that include power pack kind of things and then we're going to swing back around and come right back to power pack because there's more power pack out there yeah and we should and at that point we should also be getting back into dweezy and june run of power pack because this is the world that we live in now and (laughs) i'm excited about that don't get me wrong it's just funny that it's kind of like 
oh yeah, this comic died off like 35 years ago. So let's, now that we're finished with it, let's keep talking about it and also go back to brand new stories with it from the original creators. It's, it's nuts. You remember when you said, you know, oh, how long is this going to last? I said, don't worry, there's a shelf life on it. Now you're kind of saying, why did I sign that contract in blood? (laughs) So, yeah, sorry about that. Oops, my bad. All of that aside, we've got Power Pack still coming up, but I'm going to just briefly talk about something that's not Power Pack. This last Monday, when we recorded this, probably sometime around when this episode comes out, you will hear an episode on the Longbox Crusade, Transformers Chronicles, where I talk about issue number 26 of the Marvel run of Transformers that was set in Portland, Oregon. Got to hang out with some of the Longbox crew, got to uh, school them on how to say Oregon correctly, and, uh, you know, just... (laughs) basically had a good time it was it was it was quite fun i like hanging out with those guys and it was an honor to be on their show i we talk about Longbox crusade a lot because that's where my other show's on but you know check out transformers chronicles check out some of the other things they do on there they've got some fun fun shows uh i guess you know i could keep on talking about myself but really how about you jeff so what has been new in your life or what do you think is pg enough or less to talk to our lovely lovely fans about Well, I've got tons of things that I can talk about, but I think I'm going to do family-friendly PSA. And I'm going to talk about a medical procedure that I recently had done. I had a colonoscopy done. And if anybody is getting ready to have one of those and has concerns or worries about it, don't have worries about it. It's really simple. Go about your day, do your stuff. You hit like five o'clock, you start doing your, the juice cleanse, we'll say, where you go, oh, yeah, this doesn't taste all that great. And you drink it up. But then, you know, you're like that for a handful of hours. You go to bed, you get up in the morning, you go in, get checked in. It's great. They get you in there. The best part about it, it, this is seriously awesome, is the knockout drugs they give you. So that way they can perform the procedure on you is... The anesthesiologist is like, okay, hi, okay, boop, here, I've just injected the anesthesia into your into your line, okay. And it's about this count. It goes, here you go, here's your drugs. And you go, oh, okay, three, two, one. Oh, I can totally feel that. Three, two, one. Oh, wow, there's two of you. Okay, now I'm going to ask you a question. You're going to answer it, and now I'm asleep. And I'm going to wake up in a different room, in a different position, with a doctor shaking my shoulder going, Jeff, time to wake up. And it's like, ah. <laughs> that was so awesome. I just slept. That was the best sleep ever. And then they tell you a bunch of information. You're like, uh-huh. And then they wheel you out onto the street so your ride can pick you up. And they're like, here, here's your clothes. You can get dressed and stuff. And I was like, yeah, my knees don't work anymore. And then I got a wheelchair ride. And I'm like, what? I've never been in a wheelchair. And it was great because you you totally need it because you could not walk out under your own power because you are still in that, like, I've been drugged kind of mode. <laughs> super great sleep on that. Colonoscopy, super easy. They remove some polyps. It's just, it's chill it's easy if anybody has one that they're worried about doing just do it it's not a big deal it's super easy to do and and hey you know public psa especially we are men of a certain age and they just drop down that age to Mm -hmm. our age so you know if you're waiting for that big 5-0 to have that that test done Guess what? They're saying now it's about 45, so... Yeah, I had talked to the doctor was just like, I'm like, he's like, oh, you thought about doing this? And I'm like, yeah, I could do that. I'm not concerned. I'd do that anytime, except, you know, I've got years to go on that. And they're like, why not just do it now? And I'm like, okay. So, yeah, boom, easy. Let's go ahead and move on into this, the second half of our coverage of Power Pack Holiday Special. But hey, what happened to the first half of the book? 
Why, you know what? I know how I can find out. I can listen to Jeff, and I always listen to Jeff. Tell us the Two Cents replay from our last episode. It turns out that Horse Alex, Jim, and Maggie Power were actually pseudoplasm clones sent by the angry and villainous Chimelian technocrat being advised by his prisoner, the exiled Queen Maraud, so that he could try and get the antimatter annihilator formula out of Jim's brain, which explains why they were all acting so weird. Well, the evil plot is figured out, the power kids figure out that they can unpack and repack their powers from each other, until they can't. Then the baddies are defeated when they figure out that the technocrat was actually the moon base that they were in that was eventually destroyed by treachery from Arad and the power family figures out that they can return back to Earth and get back to living their lives like a normal, everything is ordinary family. Now that the Wheezy and June came back, cleaned up their room, and put all their toys back in their toy box, two sentence replay is over, why don't you give me a beer and tell us what our power pack pick is? My pleasure, my friend. It is time once again for that awesome, awesome occasion where you get the opportunity, no, no, the pleasure of taking off one of these beautiful brown coats that I've put on this lovely bottle of beer. So, Jeff, can you please release the beer and tell me what you got? It is, ooh, Hollow Jacked Imperial Pumpkin Two-Town Cider House. Ooh, that's a made with pumpkin flower honey. That is a nice looking label on that too. That is a excellent jack-o'-lantern in a spooky pumpkin patch with like a manor in the background, the, I guess the Two-Town Cider House and trees and spooky just spooky, spooky things around. That is really nice looking. And, and story time on it is a profile that says, Sure to be the treat to your trick-or-treat. Hollow Jacked is crafted using locally grown pumpkins that are caramelized and fermented with fresh pressed apples, spices, and pumpkin flower honey made by Oregon Beast. Serve chilled. Why would I choose something called Hollow Jacked? <laughs> oh, because uh, Jack features quasi-prominently in both these stories, and he's also a hollow human being, gutted of any uh, moralities <laughs> or emotion other than uh, me and id and how can I dunk on anyone who is not in possession of my singular form. That sounds about right to me. That sounds about right to me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I saw this and I thought, you know, uh, I want to do something like recognizes Jack and so hollow Jack and plus... Uh, good pumpkin cider. That mm. smells nice. Ooh, that smells dang, really nice. That is, that is very much a pumpkin yeah, cider. It is pumpkin. You know, I've had a lot of pumpkin beers, and I think I've had one good pumpkin beer that I've never been able to find again, but I've never had pumpkin cider. Well, there so you go. I'm excited to give this a try, and it has a lovely pumpkin nose on it. It smells oh. like a really good pumpkin pie. It's got those pumpkin spices and that pumpkin scent. <laughs> it smells really nice. Hollow Jacked by Two Town Cider House, extra mischievous. Hollow Jack takes our fall classic of fresh pressed apples, caramelized pumpkins, and sweet potatoes that are finished with local honey and spices to a whole new level. ABV 8.4%. Mmm. That is a bubbly pop in cider. That is smooth. That is fairly transparent. It's got a lovely... Mm -hmm. Uh, golden color to it, but it's also like got a green tint to it as well. Yeah, I can I can see that. Yeah. There's there's certain certain ways you you hold it. You get a little bit of green, but it's you have very very light and yellow, mm -hmm. and it, the taste is smooth. This is good. very smooth. Mm -hmm. That smooth honey mm -hmm. taste, 
definitely the, the, the apples, the pumpkins, the sweet potatoes. You're getting all of those lovely, lovely fall hits. Yep. The pumpkin is not overpowering. It's like you're drinking, I don't know, it's closer to almost like an apple cider. Mm-hmm. It is. It's got a bit of tart in it. You mm-hmm. drink it and you go, oh, that is very sweet. That's yep, very, very honey-like. It's very honey apple. And yep. then in the center of your tongue is a little dot of sour, a little dot of tart. And then it expands out and expands out until it covers about half your tongue. And then, But at that point, you're getting all of the pumpkin spice kind of uh, flavors in the back of your tongue and around in your mouth. So it's, it is very pleasant. Very, very good. I really like this. You know, yes, the purists are going to say it's not a beer, it's a cider. I don't care. It's good. <laughs> I'm, it's, I, I poured mine. It came out of a bottle. I poured it into a glass that I've drank beer out of before. It's good enough for me. Very, very good. I enjoy it. Uh, we have our drink for the evening. We've got a couple of little stories we get to go through. I, I think we're going to have ourselves a nice little time here. I think so. You deserve it, my friend. You deserve it. Oh, uh, thank you, sir. And so do you. In fact, every one of us deserves it. So cheers to all of us. Cheers to us all. And now let us move on with the opening credits. And this will be two opening credits as we talk about two different stories in the same book. So, Jeff, hit me one more time, baby. <laughs> Power Pack Holiday Special, issue number one, February 1992. Sweet Young Blondes. Credits. Writer, Mindy Newell. Artist, Steve Buccioletto. Letterer, Richard Starkings. And the credits for the second story that we're going to be covering today is called Ah Christmas. Credits. Writer, Dan Slott. Pencils and Colors, Alexander Morrissey. Inks, Jeff Albrecht. Letterer, Dave Sharp. Editor, Daryl Edelman. Chief, Tom DeFalco. Featuring Power Pack, Alex Power, Julie Power, Jack Power, and Katie Power. All back with their original powers, which would be gravity, flight, density, and energy. Ah, and Jim and Maggie Power, their mom and dad. Let's talk about the first story. Sweet Young Blondes. Love. Exciting and new, love's a game, we're expecting you, and love, everyone's got a chance, but if you try, you will lose so bad. The love game soon will be making another okay, run. Okay, 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 I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. I was going to give you as long as I could, and that's it. Just stop, stop, stop. Don't do that. What? You got a problem with a preteen love story? <laughs> no, not really. I just don't want to get sued by the Love Boat Estate again. I'm sure that we did this bit already. Let me talk to the mannequin lawyer. Well, to distract from our upcoming litigations, let's start with a setting. We are on some beach boardwalk and the power kids are having some downtime. We can assume that this is all after they have returned from their world and off-world adventures and are now just chilling, doing what kids from the early 90s do. Listening to grunge bands and wearing flannel! Doing what kids on the East Coast in the early 90s do, I should say. They are on a boardwalk playing some video games and hanging with friends. 
Boring. But anyways, Kate and Jack have just finished up the Heads Up Challenge on Spud, Space Pirate. It's not fair. You're bigger than me. Hey, I warned you. I never lose it, Spud. Meanwhile, Alex is hanging out with a few of his friends, including Seth and a blonde girl that is just literally hanging on Seth's arm. If by hanging you mean like pulling it out of the socket due to the severe cling. What's also clinging to Seth is his New Warriors Assemble shirt, and I am digging the simplicity of that design. New Warriors Assemble shirt? What are you, what are you talking about, Rick? Well, he's wearing a shirt that says NWA. It does stand for New Warriors Assemble, right? I'll tell you later, but right now, I will tell you that Seth shows some concern for Katie and Jack's fighting. But Alex comments that this is standard operating procedure for these two. The girl Seth is with... Find Seth's concern about Katie to be sweet. Sweet, sweet, sweet. Oh, so sweet. So, am I missing something, or are Seth and the blonde a pair? I think so. I think so. Well, Julie is watching this exchange, and she thinks that the blonde girl is just a big figure. Big, ficky, fake, figure. Fake, 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 fake. She doesn't care about Katie at all. She's so fake. Whoop, 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 whoop. Jealousy alert. Jealousy alert. Yeah, and Julie's feelings are really put into high gear as Seth wanders over to watch Julie play some pinball. She may not be standing like a statue, but she is listening to the buzzers and the bells as she tries not to mess up, while Seth asks if he is making her nervous. Bing, boop, bleep, boop. Don't mess up, don't mess up, don't mess up, don't mess up, don't mess up. And, of course, as soon as the blonde calls Seth's name, or should I say, calls to Seth... Julie loses all of her concentration and unintentionally fails to pass a qualification to be a Gunstar pilot defending the Rylon Star League from Zur and the Kodan Armada. She may have missed her shot, but at least Jack is there to rub it in. Hey, Julie! You just blew it and Seth's leaving. Guess the 90s just isn't your decade. After snapping at Jack, a really upset Julie leaves the boardwalk and walks to the beach to clear her head. The next night, Katie and Julie are back on the boardwalk. Katie is rightfully angry. She wanted to stay home and watch the Goonies again. Man, now I want to be watching the Goonies instead of recording with you. Which, I mean, is, you know, really kind of my default setting anyway. You do realize that that was your outside voice and not your inside voice, right, Rick? Yeah. Y yeah. Well, we're moving on. Julie really only wanted to go to the boardwalk in order to try and run into Seth, you know, accidentally. And her and Katie do find him, making out passionately with his blonde, not Julie, girlfriend. Julie, in a scene being used by her Academy Award consideration, covers her eyes and runs away from the situation leaving her younger sister alone. Katie is angry, but she decides not to blame her sibling, who has just abandoned her. Instead, she disintegrates a buck fifty worth of video game tokens and zaps the blonde girl in the rear with a powerball. That's for making my sister cry. First, not cool, Katie. You could have used that fat stack to up your game on Spud and taken down Jack. Second, that was a pretty obvious use of your powers in public. Meh. The only people around were too interested in each other to notice. But now Katie is all alone on a boardwalk, with no tokens. She is pretty upset, even though she is trying to be really brave, but she is one dropped ice cream cone from full-on tear fest. Where's Julie? No, I can go home by myself. I'm not a baby. I'm part of Power Pack. I'm friends with Wolverine. Knowing that you are friends with Wolverine and could call him up to resolve your problems would make you pretty calm in most situations. At least I think so. 
Julie has finally finished her pout flying and has arrived back home. Hang on, hang on. So the powers got back from their space trip, rediscovered that their New York apartment was destroyed, and so they bought a new place directly on a beach cliff that looks to be eroding. Hey, it's a seller's market, and I am sure the family was happy to get anything they could. May I continue? Sure. Julie's in trouble. Julie's in trouble. Yeah, we would agree with that. We also have to assume that it has been a while that she has been gone, and somehow Katie made it all the way back home. Maggie is not happy at all with her oldest daughter. Not at all. Maggie is done with her being snappy, broody, moody, and a few other words ending in Y with everybody. So she wants her to stop being pre-teenagery? Yeah, I guess that is what Maggie wants. Well, what is Julie's excuse for her behavior... Why, in one word, drama. We are a podcast. We deal in more than one word answers. True. Again, we deal in more than one word answers. True dat? (sighs) Well, as she collapses into her mother's arms crying, we get this little story. She flew off to the beach, knowing that Katie would be able to take care of herself by blasting fools with her powerful power pack powers powers. Eh. Actually, she scrubs the powers part of the retelling, but she does inform her mom that she came across a porpoise caught in a fishing net on the beach. Boy, I bet she wishes she had Katie with her now, huh? She chose poorly. Well, yeah. At least until Seth comes running down the beach. Apparently, Seth and his girlfriend had been walking down the beach and Seth saw Julie struggling with the caught mammal. If you squint, you can still see the blonde girlfriend back on the beach while Seth and Julie struggle to entangle the poor animal and get it back in the water. Unfortunately, they're too late and the porpoise dies. Two kids sit next to each other on the beach. Sad, tired, wet, alone. A moment. A moment that could occur. Seth, come on, I'm cold. And with that, the moment is over. The blonde, who I guess has just been walking around them while Julie and Seth are struggling with the net, is whining for Seth, and he gets up and heads off, leaving, saying, So long. Sorry about the fish. Hey, Dirkwad, it's not a fish. Julie has come to the realization that men are slime. This is a true fact. But Maggie points out that women are not good all the time either. Julie points out that the girlfriend was out there but did not help, which might have cost the porpoise its life. And that life is not fair. Maggie agrees that life is not fair, and it does not matter who you are. Nobody has the answer to life being fair, or how to make it better. Not even superheroes. It is a great mother and daughter moment as Maggie comforts her daughter over her broken heart. We end the story with Julie lying on her bed, thinking about how all men are horrible. Amen. Amen. Okay, that was fun. Mm-hmm. I think it's time we just jump into the next issue, and then we'll come back and talk about this one. Sounds Sound fair. Good to you? Yeah, sounds, sounds fair. fair. Let's sounds do fair. that. We can do that. You want to do that right now? I mean, we can do it right now if you want to. I could be talked into it. In fact, I have been talked into it. Okay, well then, you know, let's just go ahead and start then. Trapped on an unforgiving planet, Spaceman Jack is pinned down by Shrackfire. Shrack. He was a fool to try and reason with snarks when the vapid sound of a K-32 decimator Shrack, Shrack. is the only language they'll understand. All right, snark scum. Eat hot photon death. And yet, once again, our daring hero has emerged unscathed. Not so fast, Jack. It's long past time you learned your lesson. Ah! Snap! Ah!
Christmas. And we are out of the world of Bill Watterson, Spaceman Spiff, and back into the world of Jack in school and getting yelled at by his teacher as he was daydreaming in class and is now woken up with a slap on the desk with a ruler. Excuse me, class? More like after class. Jack has been kept after school because he has failed to do something school related. And what has he failed to do and why? I don't know. I wasn't paying attention. You see... In moments like these, I too daydream of greener pastures, of adventures, and treasures to be had. So you dream of, like, pizza and TV? Yes. All right. The teacher, whose face we never see, continues to braid Jack about how Alex and Julie were the best students she ever had. Yes, and how ma'am. Jack is such a disappointment. And there are better things for her to be doing on a holiday. And Jack better pass the fourth grade proficiency test or yes, she is going to have to have him in her class for another year. And her poor heart can't take it. And wah, 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 uh-huh. Now that the teacher has left the room to take a well-deserved shot in the teacher's lounge, Jack can sit in the empty room and complain to himself. Well, of course Alex and Julie are good students. They brought their schoolwork to space with them. Alex was even able to review the notes left by a space horse-shaped pseudoplasm replacement, who also did all of his homework. I mean, when your brother's horse-shaped silly putty ball is smarter than you, perhaps you are the problem. I think Jack's point is that he thought they were not coming back from space, so he did not see the point of doing homework. He put all of his chips on practicing one-liners and reading any cheap sci-fi story involving space and or aliens. Choices were made, and he is going to have to live with the consequences. But then, Jack gets a bright idea about consequences and the actions he can take to get out of them. Oh, no, Jack, no. No, 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 Jack, no. Oh, yes, Jeff. Oh, yes, 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 yes. He has a proficiency test tomorrow on Christmas Day question mark and if there's a test there are test answers and the test answers should be in the teacher's desk and the teacher is not in the room and he has the perfect power set for this crime and i have run out of things to attach to my conjunction train quickly clouding across the room and miniaturizing into a locked desk drawer jack discovers he has landed in the graveyard of his confiscated stuff <laughs> Excellent. Included in this detritus is his yo-yo, rubber vomit, and his copy of Ghost Rider number 15 with the glow-in-the-dark cover, which is working so well it is providing light for this dark drawer. Jack comments on the cover and its effectiveness at plot lighting by saying those guys at Marvel sure have it together. Wah, 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 wah. Hey! hey. As Jack looks for the test answers, he discovers a postcard from his teacher's son. The gist of it is that he has to work Christmas Eve and will not be able to bring his wife and kids home for the holidays this year. This hits Jack in the feels. Nice. Then he gets another idea. Jack! Late at night on Christmas Eve, we see Power Pack wearing masks and synergizing their powers for an interesting effect. We see a flying station wagon with Katie sitting on the hood, glowing with power and acting like Rudolph's nose. Alex is on top of the car, degravitizing it and the passengers. Julie is under the car, holding it up, shouting directions, and flying through the night. Jack is just being a jack cloud and providing cover. And inside the car is Mrs. Worsham's son and his clan. Zack, the father, is scowling at a map. I mean, the guy probably just finished working his Christmas Eve shift. While his wife and his seven kids are dealing with the fact that they are in a flying car going to see Grandma for Christmas. The surprise is successful, though. Power Pack stands off to the side as the overjoyed teacher welcomes her son's giant family, commenting that this is so much better than giving a bad little boy a test. Jack can't just leave it there. He just has to make a comment to the happy grandma while wearing his mask that she should just put off the test for a day or two. And 
she agrees to do it. A smug Jack takes the abuse from his family about this whole plan of a Christmas miracle being nothing more than a way of delaying a test. He doesn't care. He can study for a few more days. Which is exactly what happens as he is sitting alone at a table studying while the rest of his family are enjoying their post-Christmas presents. Ha! Ah, Christmas! The end. Next issue. What the? Ha ha ha! But now we are going to, not do uh, the Power Pack packaging, because we don't need to. We already did the Power Pack packaging last time. If you want to hear it, just go back to the last issue. I'm not going to do it again. Are you going to do it again? I didn't think you were going to do it again. We're just going to move on to, you know, other things in the issue. It's a good beer. Power Pack, it was Power Pack in space in front of a techno... Uh, Let's talk about these stories. we got two little (laughs) stories to talk about. Let's talk about them. All righty. All right, the first story... A love story. Mm-hmm. What about love? Julie's it, in love with the boy. It isn't fair. It's I've an, got a right. Yeah. No, that's not a wrong, wrong song, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Julie so, doesn't have a car, fast or slow or other ways. Katie wants to play Spud good, but Jack <laughs> keeps beating her. Oh, no, they played Spud again, and Jack beat her once again. Alex is there too, but then he's not. That's the truth. That, 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 I'm not going to. That's, that's what we got. That's what, these are both two very short little stories, but you know what? They're fine. Yeah. We like little stories about Power Pack. This is perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. You know, let's talk about him. Should we spoil the future about Julie? She uh, gets variously aged in a midriff. And what's kind of funny is that this might have influenced some future stories of her because she becomes, is it? Is she's uh, bisexual or gay in the future? I think she's gay. I think she's a lesbian in the future. I mean, I, I believe so. She might be bisexual. I, I don't know. I, yeah, I, can't, I, I can't remember. I'm, I'm not but an expert enough of future Julie to know. For this point forward, I do believe that her preference is dating women. This may be part of the reason why she decided that all men suck, which is not a bad thing to decide. I <laughs> would definitely agree with it, being one myself. Yeah, there, this is uh, this is a foray number three on uh, Boy Crazy Julie. There was Higgins run at the circus where she was boy crazy for the very rich prince. Uh huh. There was the Higgins run in the Lost Lagoon where she was all gaga over a uh, much older lifeguard. Yeah. And then this one by Newell uh, where she really liked Alex's friend. I, at least this one's a little bit closer to her age. Yes, so. very much so. It's just a, just like one or two years older. So, which is at that time frame a almost insurmountable gap. But at our age is like what one year? What's this? Nothing. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna sleep that year away. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. You know. People can can complain of, you know, well, maybe Julie's too young to have this kind of a boy craze or thing like that. But, you know, kids fall in and out of crushes, fall in and out of love all the time. I, I, I know I did roughly about this age. I mean, I think I started having some first crushes around sixth, seventh grade. So, you know, you know, whatever. It's mm-hmm. it's fine. It's just probably right in the right area for those kinds of things. So she's. And the first time you have these kind of serious crushes, yeah, they really hurt. They do. They hurt and more because you don't know how to deal with them sometimes. Yeah. yeah you, you, <laughs> your emotions haven't been ground down and blunted so much by trauma and, and neglect that uh, that it's still fresh and new and you don't know how to deal with it. And it, it does hurt a lot. To be fair, we are also the cause of some of that as well. Oh, I mean, yeah. it's, we, are, we aren't just the recipients. We are the cause of it, too. So. Yeah. No, and I, it, it's something that most everybody kind of goes through. It's There's the... 
it's called unrequited love for a reason. It happens mm-hmm. quite often. And this is very much a situation where it's not like Julie was making any overtures towards Seth. And Seth was a friend of Alex's. And with, you know, like Julie is just like, oh, hey, I totally acknowledge Julie. Julie's a great person and everything. But I've got my girlfriend. And, you know, Seth's girlfriend, other than not helping with the, uh, the porpoise that was caught in the net, there was nothing wrong with her. She just liked her boyfriend, Seth, a lot. She, I mean, she she really comes across as kind of like ditzy or a little bit airheady, or she only cares about Seth and yeah. doesn't seem like she's got anything else interesting in her life. Well, she also which, only, only had you know, a handful of pages to be you know, developed other than as uh, Seth's girlfriend. Her character name is basically Seth's girlfriend. Yeah. She does not even have a name. No, she doesn't. On the whole, I would say that I also like Seth. I think that, you know, he came and he did help Julie. And, you know, he didn't know that he was breaking her heart or anything. It it happened. Yeah. And even the uh, thing where, you know, like Julie's like, oh, there's a moment where I thought Seth might kiss me here, you know, while covered in sand and cold water and a and a dead mammals in front of us. It's not the most romantic setting. It is still Julie kind of projecting. Her desires. Sure. And it's also her telling the story. So she may not be the best narrator. Yeah. He may have just been giving her a look like, you look cold. You know, you look real, you know, you look really shaken. Are you okay? And mm-hmm. in his look of concern to her before he was distracted by his girlfriend was taken as her like, oh, he's interested in me. So, I mean, there's a lot that we don't necessarily know. But, yeah. you know, is this a punch him up kind of story? No, but still, it's a good story. And comics can do more than just sci-fi capes and tights and tights and all that kind of thing. So, yeah, a lot of time that little just here's a little emotional story. Here's a little slice of life. Here's a little just touch in a worldview of a thing. Were mm-hmm. the powers in this? Yes. Julie flew. Katie shot a powerball. She disintegrated some stuff. So there were superpowers, but honestly, they didn't need to be they there. They didn't need to be there. They, they didn't have to exist at all. Wolverine was mentioned. Why? Because everybody has to mention Wolverine. He ties the Marvel Universe together. That's how 90% of the people trust each other as they go. This is 91. Uh, mm-hmm. They were, Marvel Comics was contractually obligated to mention Wolverine in every issue, yeah. at least. <laughs> if you wanted to have a successful tie-in. And Wolverine is there, too, in the background, ordering pizza or getting his oil changed in his car. Or he's been mentioned. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. So uh, let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got a little time here. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty light story. Not too no. much to dive into. Back in the day, you know, teenage young boy, preteen Jeffrey Dodd, mm-hmm. wearing his little, you know, high water jeans and his uh, kids. H- him and his brother are, are sent to the arcade to get out of mommy's hair. Mm-hmm. You, you got a stack of quarters. You're at the arcade. What's your game of choice? Oh, boy. It, there are two Two games that would come directly to mind, and that is the Star Wars X-Wing uh, uh-huh. doing the trench run. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't remember exactly what the game is called, but you'd shoot some TIE fighters for a while, and then you go into the Death Star Trench, and you'd shoot some uh, towers and try and shoot your photon torpedo into the exhaust port. So definitely that. And the other one would be Deadly Discs of Tron. Because you got those uh, three games where you'd be shooting the spider and shooting the discs. And yeah. Yeah. There you go. Nice one. Nice one. I, I think I did the, the, the main Tron game. Yeah. I did that one where you were doing like, you know, yeah, the, the tank, the mm-hmm. the the sky cycle and the the spiders and the master control, the four little yeah. games that you did there. The yeah. Tron kind of game. Give, you, give you a multi-hub game where you could kind of like yep. pick five games. You know, it's like, what which which of the five games do you want to do? I got to beat them all eventually. So yep. which one's first and see how far you go. So yeah, that, that was on my list as well. But I think I was always going to go and throw many a quarter down that X-Men game. 
Oh, oh yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's a- and, and, and you became the bestest friend in the world with whatever person was sitting next to you at that thing or, or what little, you know, annoying six-year-old who actually was better than game that you at, you know, in, so when you're in eighth grade. So better at games. But, you know, you, you sit down there and all of a sudden you don't care about any of them. Just, hey. Let's go. Mm-hmm. We're going to do this. We're going to beat this thing. Yep. Did you ever beat it? No. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, Those games no. were designed to just funnel money into them. It wasn't like, well, I've put my quarter in and now I've had a delightful hour. No, it's just like, I put my quarter in. I put my quarter in. I put my... Qu- hey, but you know what? Even before that, though, it was Gauntlet. Oh, that yeah. Was, that was the other That was the other quarter stealer that <laughs> I gave so <laughs> much money to. <laughs> my friend Dave would defeat uh, the deaths just by funneling quarters into the machine. He's like, I will choke you on my money, Death. Eventually you will get full and die. (laughs) Uh, Yes, the money we gave to the arcade back in the day. Uh, Anyways, uh, let's move on to the second story. If you... I, unless there's anything else you want to say about Sweet Young Blondes. Uh, no, it was a it was a sweet little story. I would definitely agree with that. Mm-hmm. But we should move on to the second story. And mm-hmm. I think we should start off by saying, yes, dear leaders, you heard correctly. The writer of the story was Dan Slot. Yes, Dan yeah, Slot. That's a name I know. Yeah. And this guy is very, very prominent these days. I mean, he has—he is currently on the Fantastic Four. He was writing Tony Stark Iron Man. I did a big run on Spider-Man. Yeah, he's, he is very, very much still out here. He's a well, well-known name. He has done... I mean, we, we just can't even get to it. I mean, he is... He's done a lot. Um, <laughs> uh, he was the the one of the forces behind the story that would be adapted into Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. I mean, you know, he's done things. He's been around. And this, this is one of his first little stories that he did for Marvel. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, take that. Here we go. Yep. <laughs> that is that Dan Slott. Mm-hmm. So, I um, mean, what do we got here? We've got a nice little story about Jack... Being Jack, <laughs> it, is, it is. uh It is about quintessential Jack, uh, save for him talking about sports, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, pretty much, pretty much. I mean, this the starts off with him daydreaming and doing a spaceman spiff type story. It's spaceman oh, yeah. Jack. I mean, this is right out of Bill Watterson's Calvin and Hobbes spaceman spiff story kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, straight down to the art style, really. Yeah, it is very exactly, yes. it is very Calvin and Hobbes kind of looking. It is a big head, you know, tiny arms and legs, a spiky little hair. Spiky hair. Just everything about it is very just kind of like, yeah, what's anatomy like? You know, you have legs and arms and they bend somewhere <laughs> and you just you just shut up. You just go. You know? It's 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 very cute. I like the little story. I think I think it actually the little spaceman Jack is probably my best the thing I like best about this. I, I the fair story agree. is fine, but it's I love that little bit. It's a great introduction. The rest of it's kind of fun as well, but it it's just how great is Calvin and Hobbes? Yeah, Cal- we grew up is, on that stuff. It is just super cool. Him running around a you know alien landscape and jumping over craters filled with like bubbling tar and all sorts of stuff and fighting kind of caricatures of snarks and shooting ray beams and you know just narrating to himself. You know, it's just I could have gone for more of that story than the actual story because this was just yeah. like oh yeah, give me daydreaming Jack, give me daydream Jack any day. It's going to be a fun ride. I agree. I agree. I th- I. I wanted more of that. The rest of the story is fine. Yeah. But but we have some questions on the story. You have a question. I have a question. The whole 
premise on this of Jack feeling bad for his teacher and everything was the fact that the teacher's family isn't going to be able to visit her because the son has to working the evening shift, the swing shift or whatever for Christmas Eve. So isn't going to be able to have time to get in over there for Christmas. Oh, okay. So instead of taking grandma, a single person to the family's house, it is them taking nine people to grandma's house in the middle of the night where it, because the person had to get off work and everything it's like you could take grandma during the day and even before son's shift and then grandma could have stayed with her son zach's family and visited and stuff while zach was working as opposed to waiting for zach to get off work and Packing out. It's. Just, I'm just thinking the logistics is just one person versus nine. <laughs> the logistics is one thing, but let's think about it this way. If we just go with, okay, we like this idea, but we really want to pull a surprise for grandma, and we want to try to make sure our, our identities are kept secret, mm-hmm. let's do the family instead. Yeah. Because we're wearing masks, we do the family instead, we park the car down the street, and then we take off. Mm-hmm. That would have worked, except yeah. then Jack's like, hang on, I'm going to interact. Oh, yeah. With my teacher, even though I'm wearing a mask. (laughs) They dropped off the family and then just stood in the front yard, literally three feet away. Yeah, no, no. And and also, it is a standard power pack thing where they use their their own names all the time anyway, which is they, you know, constantly get on. There is a very cute thing in here that I love, though, where, you know, they're flying and you have somebody going, Dad! Dad's like, what?! And you can't tell what is being said. And it's all, well, you should have thought about that before we left. Meaning a kid had to go to the bathroom. It shows them, you know, the next very next panel is they're at grandma's house and they're all hugging grandma and everything's happy. One kid is beelining into the house. And I'm just like, <laughs> that's the kid that had to go to the bathroom. That is wonderful. So that is a beautiful little little touch in there that I absolutely love. And I can go with I can go with all this. It's mm-hmm. it's silly, it's goofy, it's it's fun, it's short. And it just is Jack being Jack. It's Jack being Jack. He's he's doing a good thing for the wrong reasons, mm-hmm. which is yeah, funny. Let's let's talk about one other thing in here, and that is this book came out February of 1992. All right. Mm-hmm. Now, back about a year later, in May of 1991, there was a book that came out at that time that was called Ghost Rider Number. 15 mm-hmm. that was written by Howard Mackey mm-hmm. with a cover artist of Mark Texaria. And it had glow-in-the-dark Ghost Rider. Mm-hmm. And if I sound like I'm sounding like kind of a woo, it's because I'm sitting holding my original off-the-shelf <laughs> copy of Ghost Rider number 15. And let me tell you, folks, Jack ain't lying. Those people on Marvel know what they're doing because... It still works, folks. Yep. It still works. I mean, I can put this on up to the light. I can then go ahead and turn off the light. And what you got going on there? What you got going on there? You got yourself a glow. It glows. <laughs> you got yourself enough ambient light in the room that I can't tell the difference. Shut it, up. But, Just tell but, them it glows. Oh, my goodness. It glows so <laughs> brightly. It illuminates your room with, with incandescent bulbs. And for those, for those that are worried, yes, the comic is bagged and boarded. Oh, yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> I pulled this out and my daughter saw this down here and she's already read the issue and she's like, oh, is that the book? And I said, yeah. Does it glow in the dark? Yeah. So I took her in the other room, like turned off the lights. She's like, oh, that's so cool. <laughs> and yes, little me when I was like, what, teen, 14, 15, when I got this book originally, I was like, that is so cool. I'm in the closet like that, ah, like a Gus Rider. It's still cool. I... I, as a grown-up adult with a child and everything, have still dig on glow-in-the-dark stuff. I totally do. 
yeah, this is this is this is one of these nice ones. This is a cool one. And and honestly, I, I want to keep my eye open because if I ever get somebody to sign this, oh yeah, this is going up on the wall too. And especially <laughs> glow in the dark when I turn off the lights. Yes, that'd be Ooh, cool. Ooh, there it is. Ooh, there it is. All right. Question for you, sir. Yes. Two questions. First, you don't got this issue. Not in hand. I may or may not. I want nah, to you say don't. You that don't. I do. I, I've got the issue. I've got the issue. Well, you don't you got, got the issue. issue. <laughs> I've got other issues. I mean, You've not comic related. Issues, i got lots of issues. All right. Real question. Did you ever have stuff confiscated by the teacher? I did not. I was a pretty easy student. I was pretty quiet. I was pretty, you know, intellectual. I was reading, you know, five years ahead of my class level. I was... I was not a problem student. I think there was one instance of me being a problem in class, and that was in the third grade, and that was me sitting next to friends and us just talking, 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 and then, you know, it's just like, all right, you guys get to design your own punishment. How should you be punished? And it's like, we should probably have different seats so that way we're not having fun at school. And then we got our seats rearranged, and it was a very sad time because I was very happy having my friends next to me that I could talk to. No, I never had anything confiscated. I was, I think I've told this story before. Too. I mean, it, yeah, it was a little bit of a different era. I had a, a teacher in high school that was cool if you brought knives to class because he wanted to see them. <laughs> you know? Whereas <laughs> just like you, know, there'd be a standard part of the day where it'd just be like, yeah. You know, guys up at the front of the class, you know, pulling knives out. The teacher like, oh, check this out. <laughs> so, <laughs> Welcome to going to school in the Pacific Northwest. Yes, this is common occurrence up here, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I think confiscated, mm, mm, I want to say, I don't think I did. My memories really always were uh, getting sent to the principal's office for, you know, fighting and things like that. Because, no, you know, I had a temper. Never got sent to the principal's so, office. Oh, yeah. Okay. Nope. What? Why not? not you should have been sent to the principal's office. I don't believe you. I don't believe you. I've been doing you know, much start something about this. Let's do a fight. I'll fight you over Zoom. There. <laughs> I, I, now, I closed. I close. I closed down the recording application. I won. <laughs> <laughs> now let's be fair. I, I you know I, I didn't win the fights. I just you know okay. But you just were part of them. them. But I'm much better now. Mm, that's yeah. good. I'm glad that you believe that. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Anything else you want to talk about this issue? <laughs> no, I do love the fact that after the issue is done, they have a little Spaceman Jack kind of thing going, write us letters or Spaceman Jack will hunt you down. Happy holidays and write to Hey Power Pack uh, at Marvel Entertainment Group. So I thought that was cool because they f did a little flashback to a fun little bit in the comic. So no, it was just the holiday special was it was good. It was, you know, just on the whole, you know, it's uh, 60... One pages of comics. It is original owners of Power Pack putting their hands back on the on the wheel and steering it the right way, putting it in the garage and saying, "Okay, we put it back to the way we want it. Now we can park it." Mm -hmm. The Julie story was a fun little slice of life, kind of you know, a little emotional, kind of like, "Yeah, this is the thing that most people kind of go through: are the feelings or emotions that you have." Yeah. Except for the dying sea mammal on the on the beach. It's just like the stories just got shorter as they went. It was like big story. Tiny story, very tiny story. And it was, it, was, it was a fun ride. It was just nice. Well, let's go ahead and let's get through some power thoughts. We are going to do power thoughts for this book. We're going to do it a little bit differently than we normally do because we got two short stories. So we're going to take a look at just what is our best from the first, what is our best from the second, and go from there. Let's go ahead and start with our first story. Jeff, mm -hmm. do you got a good joke in the first story? I do have a good joke in the first story, and it's on page 53. All right. And I call it 
Surprisingly, not a kidnapping. Bottom center panel. This is after Julie's come back home and is going to get in trouble with her mom and she's kind of having a little breakdown. And since Jack has been riding Julie this entire time, you know, snuck upstairs to watch Julie get in trouble and he's just like grinning his fool head off in the outside the room, peeking in on the uh, in the open door where Julie's going to get in trouble. And Alex just comes up, grabs him by the scruff of the neck, puts <laughs> his hand over his mouth to keep him quiet and just pulls him away. And just yeah. is like... No, this is not for you, Jack. And I thought that was an amazing Alex moment, which <laughs> just made him the best in here because it was just like, no, Jack, you don't get to delight in this. This is not for you. This is you're, you're gone. We're, we're going yep. away. This is not your, your moment to observe. And yep, I thought yep. that was great because there was no kidnappings in this story. Or in the Spaceman Spiff story, unless Jack stole the, you know, Zach's family of nine. Oh, we could uh, call that. We could call that. <laughs> we'll call that a kidnapping. A child is being abducted, but it's not By a kidnapping. His brother. Yeah, it's his brother. He's just pulling him out of a, out of a room. So I'm going to go to the page earlier, and mm -hmm. I'm going to say <laughs> middle panels, and I call this drama club. <laughs> and this is where Julie has just seen these this this couple kissing, and she runs off with her hand over her forehead. Yeah, and it's so much drama. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's like my kid can't have ice cream. It looks familiar. Yes, I have seen this happen. <laughs> it is a sight to behold. That is a great panel to choose. I seriously thought that you would have gone for the panel underneath where Katie is uh, blasting Seth's girlfriend in the posterior with a power Here, Here's the thing. is that's, how, that's where I started. And then I looked up and I was just like, drama. <laughs> and I just had to have the drama in there. So, yes, yes, yes. Nice. Um, let's go ahead and just stay with this first story. And let's talk about the best artwork that you have on this story. What is your best, best artwork in the story? My best art in the story is on page 55. And I call it mother-daughter bonding. Uh-huh. Yeah, this is the top center panel. And it's after Julia's come home and is talking to her mom about how the, the porpoise died, how it's not fair, and, and you know, all of that. And it's just Maggie and Julie on a bed. And Julie is being comforted by Maggie. And it's just beautiful. It's just a very intimate, very caring, very beautiful moment. And and they're drawn really well. They look really and, nice. And, and I will tell you how good of a moment it is. It's because this is the exact same one I picked too. And it's hey. mom and daughter. I mean, that's saying something right there that we both picked that one panel. There's a lot of panels in this little story and we both picked that one as the best. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, I definitely agree. I liked it too. It's very sweet. It's very kind. And you know, you may say that this may be a little bit older Julie than we've seen before. That they kind of aged her up a little bit. And you know, purist. We won't think of she should be younger and she shouldn't be really into boys fine i love this moment here with her mom and her and this is something that's been around since the very very, very beginning mm -hmm. when julie is upset it's julie and her mom that they talk and they've got a yep. the very close relationship it's true and, it, and it's great and it's the aspect too that maggie is upset with julie and justifiably so but she's mm -hmm. also not going to just ride that upsetness she's also going to be like i'm also here to comfort and console and be considerate towards you and take care of you so yes you did wrong and we know this and we're going to make a difference in this and you're going to change however you know tell me talk to me what's going on how can i help you so it, it is a touching touching moment but also it's just a gorgeous piece of art going from a touching moment to a insulting moment <laughs> what is your rubber glue in this first story what was the best or most childish insult now i'm going to go ahead and start it off because um i don't want you to steal it and this is on page 50 and oh, this uh. is <laughs> this is on page 50 
And this is the bottom panel. And this is after Julia's playing the pinball. Seth comes over. And that just is enough to distract her. She loses. And Jack starts mocking Julie. And Julie just says, oh, go bother Katie, will ya? I like that one. Oh, okay. I like that one. <laughs> okay. What's great on that is the fact that we have picked the same page. We uh-huh. have picked the same panel. But uh-huh. we have not picked the same insult. Uh-huh. And that is wonderful because, yes, as Rick had said and all those things, the razzing that Jack was giving to Julie was, Hey, Julie, you just blew it and Seth's leaving. Guess the 90s just isn't your decade. Oh, go bother Katie, will ya? So, yep. <laughs> but, yep. yeah, so combine those together. Mwah, it's perfect. perfect. It is the it's grand sibling, combo. Sibling rivalry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was fun. It was perfect. And it was like, yeah, that's the, I'm, that would be said. Yep. Uh, <laughs> hey, look at you. Your heart's being stomped on. Twist, twist, twist. twist thumb, twist. thumb, thumb. Tweak, tweak, tweak. Ha, All right. ha, ha. We've talked about the art. We've talked about the insult. Let's talk about stars and attention for the first story. Best and worst. Who is the best kid? Who is the worst kid? We always start with worst. Who you got? Julie. I chose Julie, too. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to blame Julie or victim shame or anything, but Julie was... Julie was being a problem. Yeah. Julie. Julie. Okay. When your emotions and heart yeah. are out there and being ground on a little bit and stuff, yes, mistakes will be made. But, again, Julie... I liked a guy who was involved with somebody else and then was upset with both him and the girlfriend over that and involved Katie in her, her like, oh, let's just see. Go- oh, hey, let's go have fun by, oh, meet, hopefully meet cuting Seth out of the boardwalk again because he's usually here. And yeah. But the worst cardinal sin she did was she left her sister at she the boardwalk. Abandoned Katie. Bad. I know that yeah. Katie's got powers. I know she can take care of herself, but. She's still five. She's still. Come on. You don't do that to your sister. You no. drug her out there and you ran off without her. Yeah. There wasn't something else, other circumstances, you left her. So, yeah, yeah that's that's where yeah. I ended up at so right it there. Is, yeah, it, Julie was bad for that. Also, she didn't save the porpoise's life and she has superpowers. <laughs> what kind of a hero can't hero that good? No, it was it was because she had abandoned Katie. All right, yeah. let's talk about the best then. Who do we find the best? Katie. 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. Other side of that coin is Katie. Yeah. She made it home okay. She did get Julie in trouble. Well-deserved trouble. Oh, yeah, justifiably. But, justifiably. But at the same time, she zapped the girl in the tush. And that is a good sister for you. That is a good sister. She defended her sister against <laughs> uh-huh. somebody who didn't even know that there was anything yeah, going yeah, on. Yeah, but here's the thing, though, is that it's it still is good. All Katie knows is that her sister's upset because of something this girl does. Yeah. She doesn't know yep. the things. She just like, all right, I got to protect my sis. Bam. Yep, yep, even yep, though yep, my yep, sis yep. just left me, I got to protect. She stepped up so much out of her out of her weight class on this. And oh my goodness, Katie, hat, hats off to you. Bravo. You brave little trooper. You so proud of you. But yeah, so Katie, definitely 100%. Let's move on to Aw Christmas. Aw right. Christmas. We got to talk about the art in that. What's going to go on the family? The new family's refrigerator in their brand new home that's on an eroding sea shelf. So we've got Jack in school and he is daydreaming away. So if we look on page 56, I love what I'm calling Buffett King 
of the Snarks in the middle of <laughs> bottom middle of page fifty six. And what we got here is this is in his little daydream thing that's going on. He's about to be sliced by a gigantic snark holding a polka dotted, it looks like, a sword of doom, flaming raging sword of doom. And this snark is not only huge and holding this incredible sword, but he is also wearing what looks like a sunflower print Hawaiian shirt. And so mm-hmm. it's And a pearl necklace. And a pearl necklace, but it's Jimmy Buffett of the Snarks. Alright, I could I totally could see that fading away again in Snarkville. Looking for my Lost Shaker of Jack. Gonna smash a kid whose name is Jack with my sword. But I won't. Cause he'll wake up. Yeah. You do notice that this snark. This Jimmy Buffett snark is, in fact, dressed in the same clothes as the teacher, yes, right? Yes, I do. Okay. I do. Yep. I do. Okay. That sword is the ruler. That uh, Hawaiian shirt is the uh, sunflower print dress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay, good. I, I got that. It's just that it still looks Hawaiian shirt enough, and I like the joke of Buffett, our king of the snarks. So. I totally get that. No, I'm totally <laughs> down with that. I'm, I'm verbalizing in our auditory medium for those who may not see the picture because they haven't gone to our website to see the pictures that we put up of the pictures. And we're going to put this picture up, so I don't know what the deal is. They can yeah, look just at go to the website, Jeffrey Present. It's on Leave us a message. Podbean or something. Yeah. WordPress. WordPress. It's on WordPress. And you can see the pictures and little funny stories and stuff that go along yeah. with that. Okay, that is a great one. Let me tell you my joke one from this then, okay? Okay. It is on page 61. Page 61. And I call it a Jack in Angel's Clothing. Mm-hmm. 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 This is after they've taken the brood of nine to Grandma's house and are standing off on the side. The power pack's off on the side, and they're all wearing their mask. But also, Jack has a little angel, a little halo over his head, because he's such a good boy. Such a good boy. So good. So good. Such a good he boy. He ain't fooling anyone. He stole that from some other little kid on the street. Oh, I'm sure that he did. I'm sure that he... Uh, no, he took uh, he took it from a nearby nativity scene. That's what he, he did. Most likely. He probably was like, hmm, while we're over here, I think I'll just rip this off baby Jesus' head. Oh. Uh, yeah, so, but he's got... A, he's He's got a little angel halo on and everything. And he's like, oh, um, ma'am, maybe you could put that test off for a day or two. After all, it's Christmas. A jack in angel's clothing. <laughs> okay. 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 <laughs> Let's go ahead and move on to the best art in here. My best art is on page 59. And this is actually the top panel. And I call this one, Danny, I Shrunk the Kid. Ah, see what I did there? Nice. See what I did there? I see do what see what you did. Yeah, so I do, do, see, I do, that, I do. That, that would actually be like, you know, Alexander Morrissey saying to Dan mm-hmm. Slott, hey, Danny, mm-hmm. I shrunk the kid. Because it's, yep, it's, it's mm-hmm. Jack, and he's walking through this fantastic, fantastic playground of all this stuff that's been taken from him. And if I'm not mistaken, I mean, there. well, one thing that wasn't taken from him was the Pepto-Bismol. That's the teacher's. Yeah, the te- that's, teacher's that's teacher's helper right mm-hmm. there, just to get through Jack. Yeah, but I mean, you you see the comic book, you see, you see what looks like the Megatron gun, I think. No, that this not the Walter PPK. This is that's a. Are you uh, sure? Because look, it might be. Well, I know. Well, maybe it look, is. Look, look, it, look. See, see. Yeah, yeah. maybe it is. Yeah, it, maybe it is. it is. Okay. I'm holding an OG Megatron transformed Walter PPP38. Yep, in its alt form, not robot form. So there we go. That is the Megatron toy gun that you know nowadays would definitely not be allowed in schools. At yep. all, but back then, okay, fine, sure. What is your best piece of art? 
It is panel right below your panel, and I call it Ghost Rider Rider. Mm-hmm. And this is where Miniature Jack is standing on his Ghost Rider number issue 15 comic of Ghost Rider standing on the glowing skull. And I'm like, that's cool. So <laughs> That is very, very cool. All right. All right. All right. So that brings us to aha, rubber and glue moment in mm-hmm. this, in this. So, Jeff, what is your rubber and glue moment for this book? My best rubber and glue in this part of the comic is on page 58. And it's Jack after the teacher has left the room. And he's all riffing on what she was talking about. She was saying mm-hmm. earlier about how Alex and Julie were best students. She said, well, Alex and Julie were my best students I ever had. Best teachers' pets, more like it. Teachers' pets. Best teachers' pets. Very nice, very nice, very Mm -hmm. nice. Mine is right before that, where he's sitting there talking to himself. He's got his head in his hands, and he says, A test on Christmas Day? Jeez, what a Scrooge. (laughs) What a Scrooge. Yeah. Very nice. Jack's got uh, got a couple of good ones in here. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. But here's the question, though. Here's the question. Stars in detention. Mm. And I'm going to switch it out this time. I'm going to switch it out this time. I want to know who your best kid in here is. Who is the star in this story? Oh, wow. Uh, I'm going to do a thing that you love when I always do it. It's uh, my best kid is, I'm going to say Jack. Oh, really? I, I disagree mightily. I'm going to say okay. the best kid was Julie. And I think mm. Julie was is because Julie, well, she did all the heavy lifting this. Okay. That was a little joke she- there. Yeah, well, she, she didn't do the lifting, she, do she lift. just flew. She flew. It wasn't heavy, Alex was there. But she flew, but I in that scene, she is sitting there, she's calling out the directions, you know, hey, balance up there, may give me more light, yep. you know, do this, do that. She's, she's the one, it may be Jack's idea, but she's the one pulling it off. I mean, they're doing it together as a team, but she's the one in charge there. So I really, really liked it. And and also, she's also the one who says at the end, you know, everyone went to so much trouble to pull this off, and all ends to be one of your dumb schemes. You know, be careful what you wish for, Jack. So, I mean, I just think that she was the, she's the voice of reason in this. And also, I can see that. And also, I, I yeah. felt a little bit bad about the last story, too. So I wanted to give her a little bit of an edge. But okay. I found that she was good. How could you possibly think that Jack was the best in this story? He saw that his uh, teacher that he wasn't very fond of or anything was going to be missing Christmas with the family and everything. And, and he felt sad about that. And how Here, did he find I, out about it? He was breaking well, yeah, into her Breaking drawer. and entering. Uh-huh, hey, uh-huh, sometimes uh-huh. you make the best friends during a robbery. Nobody says that. It's a saying. I've, I've no. heard it just said recently. No, nobody says that. I think everybody's talking about it. It's on everybody's lips. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, no, uh, Julie is an amazing choice. Honestly, I mean, everybody would be a fine choice. It was a short little story. I'm doing it simply because Jack saw what was going on and was like, oh, man, I feel for her. Even though I don't like this teacher, she deserves to have a good good Christmas day as well. And, you know, he, he set up the idea of doing it. And I was like, okay, that's great. I think he did it for good reasons and then said, What's the selfish angle I can do out of this little benefit mm-hmm. package? Which is, Ooh, which is, I know. which is all the reasons why I've got Jack as the detention kid because he starts yeah. off in detention and he ends in detention and he is an detention child. He belongs yeah, in detention. I, I also detention Jack. I yeah. know you did. I'm doing Jack Jack. I know you did because you like yeah, to break my did. rules. It's my rules too, buddy. No, it's not. I, it's I, my I rules because you break them and they're my rules. Oh, it's it's fun. <laughs> Maybe that's why. Ah, the life force that I gain from it from when I break the rules, mm. making me the bad boy of podcasting. Mm. Oh, what 
deceitful, delightful thing will Jeff be up to next? I don't know, but it's got to have something to do with ranking this issues. Probably ranking. Yeah. yeah. We got to rank these two issues. I am going to say that these are enough of little power pack stories that they should be ranked on our ever-growing list. Now, mm. I think we should rank them separately because we got they're very distinct. They are very, very distinct. So we do have an ongoing list here. And starting at number one, power pack number 42, Inferno starts... Boogeyman Becomes a Demon, Revenge of the Boogeyman, All Hail the Boogeyman. All the way down to Spot 15, Power Pack number 54, Dino Might, Frank and Jack versus Bad Thinker in Jurassic Park. <laughs> Going down to, let's say, 31. Let's kind of kick it up a little bit. School days. Power Pack number 14, Boogeyman Kidnaps Kagey. Oh, no. So let's go ahead down and move to, let's say, Ish, or spot 47, sure. Little Bo Peep has lost her sheep. Power pack number 38. Julie has got a birthday present stolen by mean, mean pirate girls. Remember that? That was all good yeah. fun. Yeah, all right, let's say down on spot 61, This Cursed Earth. That's the Thor issue 363 where Beta Ray Bill and Thor use Katie as a weapon. Bad, bad, bad. All the way down to the end. Power pack number 56. That's at the bottom. That's staying at the bottom, number 74. Let's go ahead and talk about our first story that we have, Sweet Young Blondes. Well, we could compare it to the two other Lovestruck Julie stories. For example, in position 68 is the summer special, Natives in a Strange Land. (laughs) I think this is better than that. Uh This is better than that. Let's see about where... At the Circus. At the circus, which is in position 59, Mm -hmm. which is where they fought the circus of crime over a jewel, I think that this is better than that. Yeah, this is better than that. I mentioned something here, and that was the mean girls. Little Bo Peep lost her sheep. Power pack number 38. Which is position 47. That's another Julie-centric episode. Yep. I think I like that one better. I think that one's got a lot more in it, but I think we're in the right range here. Somewhere in there. The next one below that 48 is Seeing the Light, where they meet uh, Rebecca Little. Yeah, I still 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 think it's better. Um, Let's go down to a little bit more here to Breakfast Club, spot 51. Okay. Oh, actually, actually, I'm going to go down one step lower than than that. Let's go down to spot 52. Another small story. The job. mm -hmm. This is where Power Pack Baby since baby cable and i think that this is i think we're in the right area yeah. here for some reason actually i think that one's better but i don't think it's better than the one below it which is mysterio power pack 55 yeah. where they solve a scooby-doo story with old man yeah. mysterio i think that this one is a little bit better there's there's a sweetness in this one that i like a little bit more than that mysterio one i could agree on that i'm trying to trying to decide if i like this better than the job or not uh eh, no nah, i'd be fine with this fitting in the new 53 all right we'll split this is spot 53 for this one Okay. All right. That brings us to the next one. And this is Aw Christmas. And let's we're at this spot right now. I think we've got a lot more problems with Aw Christmas. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This is nowhere near as good as Sweet Young Blondes. Yeah. So let's go down just a little bit more. I'll tell you where my basement on this one is, where I don't think we go any below this. And that's... I don't think this goes below the numinous. Numinous is in position 58, and that's where Whoopi Goldberg shows up. Okay. Do you like this more or less than Whoopi? What's your view on that? That's, I see what you I see what you did there. I see what you did there. I saw what you did there. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say that I kind of like the art on this one a little bit more, and I think that's going to move it up for me. Okay. So that gets us, yeah, that gets us to uh, the first of the Dragon Man trilogy, Secrets, which, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think we're in the right kind of area here. Uh, we have problems with that one. We got problems with this one. It's not the best. It's not the worst. It's just there. To, I'm going to give it to Secrets. I, I don't. I don't think. 
I don't think it's better than these. I agree. Yeah, I think that the Dragon Man stuff is a bit better uh, than than that, yeah. So this is going to be the new 58 then. Yep. So there we go. Not mm-hmm. too bad showings for both of those. Not bad. You don't have to be a big story in order to make a mark on this show. <laughs> All right, let's talk a little bit about our beer. What do we think of this yummy, yummy hollow jacked? We weren't too impressed with Jack, but I think we were kind of impressed with the cider. We've both been drinking this throughout the show. I see it both hitting our lips. I think that this is hitting the same exact notes that it was when he started. It really was. Nothing has really diminished. It says serve chill. It's a warm day. This has been getting warmer. It's not quite the chill it was beginning with. It still is quite tasty. It has got a great flavor. Mm-hmm. I'm not smelling it, so the nose has been deadened by it for a little bit, and the tongue is not quite as receptive for flavors because it's not new, so I'm get, getting inundated with the same flavors, but it's good flavors. Mm-hmm. The tart has been peeled back a little bit. The pumpkin spice has moved forward a lot, so the aftertaste is rolling a lot faster, so it is... It's really good. I'm enjoying this a lot. I would drink the heck out of this year-round. All right. All right. Well, I, let's go ahead and give it some numbers then. How many Powerballs okay. do you think you'd give this? Man, I'm uh, I'm thinking four or five. I'm thinking four or five as well. I mean, yeah. angels aren't singing in my head to get that five point, but I it's, it's pretty darn close. It's pretty darn close. This has a whole lot going for it. There's a little something holding it back. Just a touch, something. And I'm not sure if it's like the strength of the pumpkin spices that are in there. Maybe it's a little bit of the tart. Something is pulling it just back from the five. But again, really, really, really good show. You have to really like a good apple cider, pumpkin cider. You've got to like those pumpkin, apple, honey flavors together. If you don't, this ain't for you. But if you like that, if you like that taste... Get this. Once again, hollow jacked by Two Towns Cider House. Mm-mm-mm. Good, good, good. And now that we've talked about a really good beer, I'd like to talk about a really good segment that we call Kids Perspective. And that is where Rick talks to his daughter, Carrie, about the issue that we just covered. So, Rick and Carrie, please take it away and talk about these two little short ones. How are you today? Good, and you? I'm all right. I'm all right. Just took a nice shower, waking up this morning. Recording with you. I guess that's all a good thing, right? Uh Uh-huh. All right. We are going to do something a little different today. We're going to talk about two short little comics that were part of the holiday special, right? Right. And so we're going to start off with talking about Sweet Young Blondes. You ready to talk about that one? Uh, yeah. Okay. What did you think about this little story? This little story about Julie having a crush on the boy and the boy not even... I mean, the boy notices her, but doesn't notice her. What'd you think about this? I'm not a professional in love, so... Thank God. <laughs> I guess I, I like it. It's just Julie didn't really need to leave her sister alone at the amusement park. So you didn't like that, huh? You didn't like her just leaving her sister there, right? I mean, seriously, just because you saw somebody you like kissing a girl doesn't mean you have to leave your little sister, the youngest out of all four of you, alone in the amusement park bad julie for that right mm-hmm. i agree i agree that was not cool of her but at nighttime even though katie didn't really know what was going on she kind of you know backed her sister up right Mm-hmm. that looks painful though 
What about the kids being at the arcade and playing video games? If you went to the arcade and you had a fistful of coins, what would you play? A game where you could get cat. Oh my gosh. You <laughs> you'd play some kind of cat-loving game? Oh, I know. I could play it over and over again, and I would find out all the questions. Mm-hmm. I'd know what all the questions were, and I'd have all the answers, and then I'd finally get a cat every time I do it. Every time I answer all the answers right. So when you win this game... The, the video game gives you a, an actual physical cat. Is that what you're saying? Mm-hmm. This sounds like the worst game on the planet. <laughs> it's just because you don't like cats. Yeah, I, I, that's a start. There's a few other things I would have a problem with that game with. First of all, the inside of the game would be disgusting. Because there would be all that, you know, old cat food and fur and all the cat poop and stuff. And ew. It's not like you can smell from outside. Oh, you would be able to smell it from outside. What if it was smell proof? All right, we gotta move on. We gotta move on. How did you like at the end where Julie and her mom had a good little heart to heart talk? Did you like that? Yeah. Is that kind of like how you and mom have heart to heart talks? We wouldn't talk about love. Well, I know you wouldn't talk about love, but you guys would like, you know, oh, mommy, I'm scared. I know, honey, they're there. <laughs> Kinda. Well, is there anything else you want to talk about this one? The giant fish. Oh, the poor porpoise. Mm-hmm. Poor porpoise that they weren't able to save. Mm-hmm. Very sad, huh? <laughs> now you need to go see mommy and get a hug, right? <laughs> all right, let's talk about Ah Christmas. First of all, let's talk about the, the beginning page there where he's daydreaming. What did you think about that? It was kind of interesting how the giant snark. Yeah. Is that Marut or something? Well, it, it, it's just a giant snark, but it's also wearing the same dress as the teacher, right? Yeah. At first I actually thought it was a nightgown, though. Yeah, yeah. I have not really let you read, or you haven't read, a lot of Calvin and Hobbes, have you? No, but that would be Calvin and Hobbes themed? Yeah. One of the ongoing motifs or ongoing things that Bill Watterson, the guy who drew and wrote Calvin and Hobbes, he would do in those strips is he would have Calvin dreaming, doing some daydreaming, and he would daydream of being Spaceman Spiff. And so this is... Jack, Dave, dreaming that he is Spaceman Jack. Okay? Okay. I'll show you some of those strips. I think you'll like them. What about the rest of this? What did you think about Jack in detention, Jack finding out about his teacher's family not coming to see him, and, and what the kids do to, to resolve that situation? What did you think about all of that? It was actually kind of nice how he did that, but then, of course, it was all for, like, some kind of scheme. Yeah, it's all a scheme with Jack, isn't it? Uh-huh. Oh, when I saw the Ghost Rider comic that you have, it glows in the dark. Yeah, I know. We talked about that on the show. You liked that, didn't you? Yeah. What else about this one? Was there anything else that you really liked about this or really stood out to you that you enjoyed? Well, I enjoyed the little comic strip that he was dreaming about. So you did like that beginning part? Mm-hmm. Anything else? Is Jack having, like, a halo or something over his head? That's just to show that he's a really good boy. But actually, you're right. He's just doing a scheme. So it's it's absolutely a fake halo. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you a question. Which of these two stories did you like more? I think I liked the Jack one because it was kind of more fun. And the other one was more, like, sad and, uh... Serious? Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Anything else you want to talk about with these two? No, I don't think so. Okay. Thank you very much for your time, Carrie. Okay. Love you. <laughs> I love you, too. Love you, too. Hmm. Very insightful, Carrie. Hmm. And that's the video game that you would play. <laughs> Excellent.
Thank you so very much. And the answer to that question is probably Stardew Valley. Anyways, shout out time. We like to recognize those listeners that take the time to write in or leave us a review. And this is for our episode 81, Excalibur number 29. (laughs) (laughs) What? That was like uh, our number one ranked uh, Excalibur book on our show. It's the only one. All right. (laughs) Al Sedano and Resurrections, an Adam Warlock and Thanos podcast. Chad Michael Simon. Charles Gears. Charlie Rose. Clinton Robinson and his podcast, Coffee and Comics, and a Fam Films Fridays. Craig McNichol, who says, It's almost impressive that the artist could take a group of attractive people and make them look so deeply unsexy. Fractal. Gene Hendricks. Green Lantern HG. Hal Jordan. Hoover Jeremiah and the Four Million Years Later podcast. Jeff Polier. Jeremy Daw. Joey Burdick. John Schaefer Hames and the Married with Cartoons podcast. Keith Baker. Matthew Birdsey. Max Reads Comics. Michael Neertz. New Warriors Talk. Nicholas Prom and his podcast, Captain Freakout Psychedelic Radio Show. Radioactive Dinosaur. Sean and the Secret Wars and Beyond podcast. Tim Price, the Podcrasher, a friend of the show, and his podcast, The Outcasters. Waffles and his podcast, Mario and Waffles, talk about things. Yes, they do. Yes, they, they do. They do talk about things. Now, we need to thank our Patreon supporters. And once again, I have dug myself a hole that is so deep and I don't know where it ends. But hang on tight because here we go. Adorably astonishing, awkwardly awesome, an amazing alternate alliterating Andrew Burns. Chill and chummy, cheerfully cheeky, and charitably charming checkered Char Logan. Champingly chatty, challenging cheesy, and chuckling, chortling, changing Charles Gears. Doubly daringly destructive and devastatingly delightful and devilishly dirty Damian Witter. Dynamically dangerous, dreamily devious, and deceptively demure and dainty Doug Jones. Ever elongated, effervescent, exciting, energetic, and entertaining erroneous Edward Verrocci. Jeering and jesting, joking and jovial, and judiciously jumping jolly Jeff Bollier. Just jealous jeweled Jeremy Daw. Musically magical, mathematically muscly, mighty, and meticulously mundane Matthew Birdsey. Mythically musing, mystical minute, and magnificent monologuing mute Matthew Lazarowitz. Rudely rhyming, ridiculously rustic, and reverse river running Rustin Fritcher. Superiorly steely, salty, and stunningly smiling, safely steamy Sailor Bear Zodar. Shrill, screaming, shadowy, shy, sad, and sickeningly silly Shag Matthews. Stupendously, satorily strange, and standing, stirringly steady star Stephen Strange. Tenuous, tyrannically terrifying, and trippingly, typically tame Tiger Tim Price. Tenacious, tempered, tough, technically terrific, and talently triumphant Toddy Doc. Woefully whimsical, wondrously weird, and wonderfully wacky whispering wind. Okay, I think the next episode I need to stop this or something. <laughs> something. We'll figure something. Be sure to check out the other shows that we're on. Our junior agent submissions on the MI6 Rogue Agent episodes of Honor Majesty's Secret Podcast. And of course, my monthly Monday movie muckabout on the Logbox Crusade Network. And my other podcast, this uh, very show. I don't have another podcast. But... If you would like to get some merchandise from this show, we have some available on Redbubble. Go to redbubble.com and search for Unpacking the Power of Power Pack. Jeff and Rick Present is a bi-weekly self-produced podcast and recording in front of a live studio audience of a small stack of comic books that I just picked up at the comic book store in Portland, Oregon. 
If you would like to interact with us through the magic of the internet, you can do so through Twitter at Jeff and Rick Present, our Facebook page, Jeff and Rick Present, our email address, Jeff and Rick Present, all one word at gmail.com, or at our website, Jeff and Rick Present.wordpress.com. Also, our YouTube channel is at Jeff and Rick Present. And if you would like to help support our show, we are on Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com, Jeff and Rick Present, all one word. We are also a proud supporter of the Hero Initiative, and we will be donating 10% of our Patreon donations to this great cause. We encourage everyone to give what they can to this worthwhile organization that helps the creators who provide us with such great content. Go to heroinitiative.org to find out more. Please rate and review us wherever you can. Tell your friends about us or share your love for us on social media. And as always, we want to thank the powerful people in our packs. My wife, Cindy, and our daughter, Carrie. My fiance, Hillary, and our daughter, Aurora. We We love love you. you. Until next time. Costumes off. Our theme music is 80s action. Also featured in this episode is Motivator. All music is by Kevin McLeod at Accomptech.com and is licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0 license. Tsunami. Yeah. There we got. We got. We got two ticks. That's good. All right. Oh. They're at the boardwalk. Oh. Julie likes a boy. Oh, the boy likes a different girl. My goodness. Out by the sea on the boardwalk. We were spending quarters at the under the boardwalk at Spud's Base Pirate. All right, let's do this. 50 cent per play. It's not worth it. Smack. I have just a couple of questions, though, um, because of how you told that story. One, they just drop you on the street and hope oh. that your ride is there. And then they give you your clothes <laughs> and they have you dress on the street, which I would actually not go to the budget doctor <laughs> you went to. I mean, I understand you want to save money, but I'm just thinking that their bedside manner could use a little bit of work because... I. I I mean, yeah. it is Portland, and nudity, you know, public nudity is kind of a, a thing. But, you know, I, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, there could be better ways to do things. Smack. Editor. Oh, that is a burpy cider. Editor. But it burps nice. It's got a good flavor in that burp. But, man, it was, it, it rose up. Smack. Answer Kitty. It's not fair. You're bigger than me. That sounds just like your daughter. Well done. Smack. Well, what is Julie's excuse for her behavior E? <laughs> <laughs> I still oh, nice. got it. Good ad, good ad, good ad. <laughs>